Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to the early line, right where you need to be here on SportsGrid on a Friday morning. Kevin Walsh, I'm joined by Donnie Wrightside. Thursday night football delivering once again in a fashion that only Thursday night football can. But first, TRS, how are we feeling here on a big Friday? Yeah, delivering like an Amazon package left out in the rain where they just couldn't put it on your front step so it stayed out of the rain. That's what it felt like last night for the DRS household and his pocketbook. Mm. And you are very familiar with Amazon packages for those that oh listen on Moneyline. Yeah. You will understand oh. we simply Woo. don't have Three more time coming today. here. I can, I can only imagine the gizmos and gadgets. But if you decided to skip Thursday night football, you didn't miss a ton. Only two touchdowns, none in the first half. But the Commanders pulled it out. 12-7 was your final score. Carson Wentz in the victory, 99 passing yards. Justin Fields for the third consecutive game went over his passing total, throwing for 190. I mean, un- unbelievable for that to be a real thing. This was an outrageous game, Donnie, because I know the Chicago Bears lost. I know oftentimes we talk about shoulda, woulda, coulda. The Bears not only should have won this game, They should have won this game by double digits. They had three drives that entered the Washington Commanders' five-yard line. And over those three drives, they totaled zero points for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and and there was a lot of stuff that you could go over early in the game. But let's just pinpoint a few things here. Number one, you have an athletic quarterback. That's supposed to be your advantage in the red zone, a run-passing threat. So let's take that out of the equation. Now, also, simple coaching here that you can see as a fan from the stands, or maybe you can't see as a coach sitting on the sideline. If you remember the play where Khalil Herbert rumbles, I don't know, 50, 60 yards down the sideline into the red zone. Usually when that happens in a football game, you are absolutely gassed at that point. And if you watch the replay, you see Khalil Herbert get tackled. And what does he do immediately? Look to the side and like, oh, Montgomery's coming in, right? A fresh 
bigger back here in the red zone. Let's take care of it. No, we're going to leave Fleo Herbert in and also give him a fourth down carry that gets stuffed at the goal line. Some things are so simple, Kevin. They just make mm-hmm. sense where even when you watch human nature as if a running back, he knows he wants to stay in that game, but he looks to the sideline knowing that other running back who is fresh is now coming in to replace him to give you that extra burst in the red zone. Didn't happen. They didn't score. They end up losing the football game. There are uh, you know, a number of FanDuel specials that we like to look at. And one of the markets we don't dabble in often is for a team to lead the game in rushing yards, receiving yards, and to win. And there was a big price on the Chicago Bears in that market. Yeah. For Justin Fields to out for to throw almost a hundred more yards than Carson Wentz, for them to have well over a hundred more rushing yards than the commanders and lose this game is unimaginable. I know the expectation for the Chicago Bears was not to be a great team this season, but they are 2-4 and four right now. Last night's loss was unacceptable. The Vikings game, they actually held themselves a late lead in last week. This Bears team is one of the most bizarre that the league is offering right now because I think they are objectively trash. They should be better than two and four. Like maybe they should be four and two. And I still don't know what the future truly holds for Justin Fields. Our radio audience is here on this Friday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh. It's Donnie Wrightside. It's the early line on Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio. On the other side of the ball, though, Donnie, the Washington Commanders, maybe their worst performance of the season results in a road victory. On Thursday night football, Carson Wentz, the Thursday night god, by goodness gracious, somehow, what a horrific performance this was across the board for the commanders, specifically, though, in the passing game. The four good throws that Wentz made, three of them were dropped, it felt like, by Curtis Samuel. And yet here we are dissecting a commander's victory. Yeah, turning the frown upside down would have been that one completion there to Samuel, which would have been a 40-plus-yard touchdown, which would have cashed in multiple plays for me, but it didn't happen here. But you're right. They had 214 total yards in that football game, and they won it here. Carson Wentz out Justin Fields. Justin Fields last night, which is incredible to have your quarterback on the road throw for less than 100 yards and you come away with the victory. But having said that again, I don't understand. Maybe it's just this year in the NFL where offense seems like it's just atrocious and certainly converting normal first downs not as easy as it was in the past. Late in the game, again, you got inside the five-yard line with Justin Fields as your quarterback and you're throwing balls, they get tipped, you're running pop passes, you're trying to run just stuff that you say, you know what, if I just took my quarterback and ran a shotgun draw here to Justin Fields three straight times. The Bears win the football game. Why is it so hard? You have a quarterback that is a super athlete, and he is talented. Use him. Win the football game. On the week of Matt Rule's firing, we've talked about coaches that could be on the hot seat. And usually you would think year one coaches won't be on that list. There are some year one coaches that look ready for 10-year contract extensions. Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, and then there's the Nate Hackett's, the Matt Eberflus's, and the Josh McDaniel's that are just tripping and falling over themselves in a ridiculous way. I should also mention Brian Robinson Jr. What an unbelievable night for him. 17 carries, 60 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. For the Commanders, he is 16-1 to to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. Game of the Year, next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. Start of hour number two, we are going to do the game of the week. Chiefs-Bills is not the game of the week. It is the game of the year. It is by far the biggest regular season matchup until we cross into week 16, 17, and 18 where playoff spots are on the line, divisional crowns will be on the line, but we have to get there. You saw the schedule come out, you look at where your favorite team is, and then you find chiefs Bills. It is in Arrowhead, though the spread might tell you otherwise. These are the two top choices to win the Super Bowl right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Buffalo Bills at a plus 370. The Kansas City Chiefs at a plus 650. These two quarterbacks, the top two choices to win the MVP award. Josh Allen, a plus 175. Patrick Mahomes, a plus 400. Right now, this is their league. That is the way it feels when you talk about it right now. If you ask anybody who is the best team in the National Football League and they throw you an answer that is not one of these two teams, you would likely be surprised. Donnie, we'll get into the absolute specific details of this yep. game. But just quickly, from the futures market here, mm-hmm. is are we going to leave this game where the winner of this game is the clear favorite in your estimation to win a Super Bowl this season? I, I do if it's one way. If it's the Buffalo Bills, yes. And it's not saying, well, Donnie, don't be a homer for the Buffalo Bills because if the Chiefs win, you say they can lose. I'm just looking at it from a longevity standpoint where I look at each one of these teams' divisions here. If the Buffalo Bills lose this game on the road to Kansas City, it's no shame in their game. It's a tough place to play against a very good football team. But I just like, like when you return back in your division, I think it's a little bit smoother sailing here for the Buffalo Bills than might would be for the Kansas City Chiefs with the talent still left out there in the West. That's just the way I look at it here. So if the Buffalo Bills go into Kansas City and win, that's almost another notch in their feather. Like, yeah, you know, we got the tiebreaker here, Kevin, but also we just beat a good football team in a tough place where they were ready for everything we were going to throw at them. I think you get a little bit more bonus points here for the Bills if they win as opposed to the Kansas City Chiefs. Because if the Chiefs win at home, Kevin, oh, they're supposed to win at home. They're the Chiefs at Arrowhead, not knowing that they're actually the dog in this game. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, right, is the line isn't representative of that. And that's why, for me, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll rock up here Monday morning and the winner of this game, I'm going to be like, well, that's my pick to win the Super Bowl. 
No. But the winner of this game, without a doubt to me, should be your Super Bowl favorite. Which I either side. Either side. Because not only how we value them right now, but as you mentioned, the importance of the head-to-head here and what that could mean for seeding down the road. Look, if I just tell you right now, close your eyes, one of these teams has secured home field advantage in the AFC. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whichever one of them has it is your is your Super Bowl favorite. Cool, got it, good. And that's what this game right here potentially could decide. As we said, though, the Chiefs are a dog here at home. Plus two and a half. The money line for them right now is plus 120. You probably could, uh, if you don't mind, just lay your juice on a minus 142 on the Buffalo Bills. Let's not worry about conversions or anything like that, potentially, if these teams want to get wild against one another. Total checking in at 53 and a half. Uh, you and I are seeing this side differently. Look, it's not that I think Buffalo is incapable of winning this game. Buffalo last year went to Kansas City and absolutely housed the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, mostly embarrassed the Kansas City Chiefs, to be honest with you. That was the game when the Bills started to change the perception, and everybody's like, ooh, Buffalo's the team to beat all of a sudden. Until, of course, they got to the playoffs, and then Kansas City was able to handle their business. But Patrick Mahomes, Nani, has never been an underdog at home in his NFL career, and for good reason. There is no scenario that I have seen where we should be playing a game in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, and you should be able to ca- get him catching points. It, it, it's And it's the first time it's ever happened. You're correct there, which then again, the sharp handicapper would say, well, there's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is catching points for the first time in his career at home, and rightfully so. That's the power of the Buffalo Bills. They were a you know wave of energy in the offseason with MVP votes here for Josh Allen and also in the betting markets here at the FanDuel Sportsbook just to win the AFC, their division, and also the Super Bowl. So we'll see how it plays out. But also, sometimes we look at, I understand, remember Tyreek Hill moving on, the offense is never going to be the same. They've been just fine here and other players are going to need to step up like Kelsey scoring four touchdowns with the anomaly of only 25 yards but also look at home field advantage here so far versus the Chargers 27-24 tight football game you just saw against the Vegas Raiders they were down 17-0 in that game what was the final score 30-29 to so even when we're trying to project Kevin who's going to have home field advantage you saw and again these are short sample sizes the home field advantage for the Buffalo Bills they are tearing teams apart the home field advantage for Kansas City right now, squeaking by, getting one possession games. I'm interested to see how this one folds out because this is still one of those games, Kevin. If the Kansas City Chiefs are down 10 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, 14 to 3, nobody is turning the football game off going, ah, Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes just don't have it today. That's not what we're going to do. But I also thought you made a pretty good point here talking about late in the game with that two and a half. Doesn't this feel like a 30 to 29 game fourth quarter? Somebody just scored a touchdown. We're going Mm -hmm. for two because we don't want to take this thing to overtime. It sounds like that's the way it should go. But I haven't changed all week long here. I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team coming in healthy at wide receiver. I just think they have more ammo to get after it in this football game. And they're no stranger to playing in Kansas City. This isn't going to catch them off guard on third and seven when Josh Young can't hear a thing in that building. They've been through it before. They have, and the offense certainly shined in both uh, games last mm-hmm. year played in Kansas City, even if they finished one and one of those games. Mahomes in his career has been an underdog eight times, 7 0 and 1 against the spread in those eight times. Maybe stop booking him as a dog. 
maybe stop doing that. It's pretty funny that if this line right now is Kansas City minus two and a half, my entire analysis on the game might very well change, but that's the importance of the numbers. The total for this game, 53 and a half, by the way, the lowest pregame total with these two quarterbacks going head-to-head, which is pretty interesting to me. I think some of the super high totals we've seen this season have left your overbackers scorned. These two quarterbacks might be the two to calm those concerns and make things feel a little more comfortable for you. But tell me, Donnie, whether it's the total or some you know specific player props in this game, where is your eye? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, Kevin, trying to line up this ball game and say, boy, you know what? My first inclination in this was the 53.5. That's got to be an under because it's a playoff atmosphere. Also keep in mind, it's going to be some pretty good weather conditions. No precipitation in the forecast, close to 70 degrees, light winds. So these are optimum scoring conditions, and I do believe we will get them because if you're trying to just match them, and I understand if you're looking at like some statistics, top 10 defense in the Buffalo Bills just outside the top 10 in Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City does score points, but not as explosive, right, Kevin? We're not looking at the uh, seven-yard slam pass to Tyreek Hill. He houses it seven points in 30 seconds. Maybe a little bit more methodical on their point, but we're looking at the Buffalo Bills. They're not methodical. They take deep shot after deep shot after deep shot. If you want arm talent, this is the game to do it here. But just sitting on an under, I can't just buy into it because no no way either one of these football teams, Kevin, Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator here for the Buffalo Bills and, uh, you know, Andy Reid basically there with Eric Bieniemy on Kansas City side. If they come into this game going, you know what, let's slow it down, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Let's just pick up first downs and run this clock. Absolutely not. I can't take an under out of principle in this game. Yeah, I will look so far, and, and again, the four reference meetings of these quarterbacks head-to-head, the over's three and one. So, again, this is the lowest number we've yeah. seen so far. You have been cashing those tickets towards the over. Uh, Travis Kelsey, by the way, coming off of his ridiculous four touchdown performance in the four referenced meetings has scored a touchdown in all of the meetings six total touchdowns actually so he has multiple multi-touchdown games across the board I know when we get to our pick six you will be looking in the touchdown score market in this game so excited to hear the breakdown on that these two quarterbacks as well have both thrown multiple touchdown passes in all four of these reference games, I cannot wait to see what 504 looks like for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Game of the year, Chiefs Bills. Excited to watch it play out. But there's a lot that week number six in the National Football League has to offer. We keep breaking it down here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Again, week six has a lot to offer. Chiefs Bills, no doubt about it, is your main event. We also have some interesting head-to-heads at the quarterback position. I don't necessarily know if it's the passing of the torch games that you would look for, but some young quarterbacks with some buzz around them, again, certainly two of the most longstanding quarterbacks in the National Football League. We begin in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers, after getting their doors blown off by the Buffalo Bills, welcome the Tampa Bay Bucks into town. That's a get-right spot if I've ever seen one. Good grief. Steelers catching eight and a half against Tom Brady in their own building. Total here is 44 and a half. Kenny Pickett versus Tom Brady. Is this a spot where Mike Tomlin can get the boys up, black Air Force Ones, and cover a number? Maybe put Tampa on upset alert? Or Mike Tomlin might want to get a blackout in the area of this football game because we don't know how well the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to perform. And keep in mind that game last week. It was 38-3. to If you had a running mate, as we like to say, Kevin, in the business for the Buffalo Bills, would they have scored 75 points? And this is supposed to be the, the backbone of the Steelers is their defense. In a blowout where the Bills were de facto just having fun in the second half. Did Josh Allen have like 350, I believe, something like that at the half? Passing on that team, 432 for the game, a buck 20 on the ground. It leaves a lot to be desired here. Now, we're looking at Tampa Bay, and rightfully so. Leonard Fournette's a very quality running back in the backfield. Tom Brady, the best football player ever to lace them up. Wide receivers, as long as Evans and Godwin show up, that should be enough to get the job done. But something just isn't clicking for Tampa Bay, and maybe they had to wake up last week. Up 21 to nothing, took their foot off the gas pedal. Line game ended up 21 to 15, and if not for a ridiculous roughing the passer call, maybe the Buccaneers were a little bit in trouble that game. 21 to 15 was their victory the week with the, last week, right? 41 to 31, they lost the week before. 14 to 12, they lost a week before that against New Orleans their defense carried the day in 20 to 10 and opening day you saw against Dallas 19 to 3 something just isn't clicking I'm not saying the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be in this to win this per se but if we're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers rest of the season this is interesting because say what you want they got blown out they still move the football this week Kevin over 300 yards Mm -hmm. passing here for Kenny Pickett he's going up against another formidable opponent on defense I understand that but no way shape or form are the Pittsburgh Steelers going you know what let's go back to year 2020 excuse me back to like 2002 let's have a rookie quarterback in there hand the football off play it close and see what happens you're only going goal this year, Kevin, is to see what Kenny Pickett has. And that's not like saying, let's make sure he throws under 20 passes and keep him safe in the pocket. They're going to open it up again for Kenny Pickett. Here is why I am so, so fascinated by this game. You know that I I, I love to see the trends, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'll probably buy into that maybe even more than you. But this is unique, right? Tom Brady's 11-4 against the spread in his career against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Does that really matter, considering that I assume all 15 of those games were when he was a New England Patriot? What about the fact that Tom Brady, since 2009, when losing three consecutive games against the spread, he's 6-0 and in that fourth game. But this is the first time that's happened since 2019. So it's never happened since he's been in Tampa Bay. Donnie, I can throw you one billion Mike Tomlin ATS trends that tell you to absolutely hammer Pittsburgh plus eight and a half. Here's the problem. Mike Tomlin has never been on a team that based that that's outlook 
is this bad. Last week was the biggest spread the Pittsburgh Steelers were catching since the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. Now, they're getting eight and a half in their own building. This doesn't happen. It's a brand new outlook for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are right now, Donnie, probably being priced as what? A bottom five team in the National Football League? That's not what we've seen for always 500 or better Mike Tomlin. And that's no. why I think it gets a, a little bit tricky here. It does get tricky here in that because you are in uncharted waters. It wasn't as if, oh, well, Tomlin has Tomlin had, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback in his prime for most of his run. So now you're switching the regime up. And just like what I talked about with the Buffalo Bills game, you're supposed to say to yourself in Pittsburgh, right? Hey, we got a rookie quarterback coming in. We think he's going to be talented in the future. We have a talented running back, a couple wide receivers. But you know what? We always lead with our defense first. Our defense is going to keep me in this football game because even if you rewind back, Kevin, the week one, who kept you in that football game against the Bengals? It wasn't your offense. It was the defense forcing turnover after turnover after turnover. And it looked like the, you know, the water went over the dam last week because they couldn't do anything against the Buffalo Bills. 99-yard touchdown passes, 65-yard touchdown passes. Nobody could cover anybody. So it seems like the Steelers need a rebound on defense first and foremost. But is this game going to come down to, do you trust the Steelers at home with more than a touchdown? Or do you trust the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady to get right on the road when we really haven't seen that all that much? And obviously that, of course, is, is another tricky angle here with the, the Bucs offense, lat, right? So if, oh, all right, they get right against Kansas City, kind of in garbage time. Last week, it looks like they're going to dominate the Falcons, and then they just sit at 21, and it's like, well, that's not what we were looking for. But on, the, but on another note, Donnie, I mean... Again, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, is this, for, for Kenny Pickett, you go from Buffalo to Tampa? Like, you are maybe playing a, a, a better defense this week than you were last week? So that, of course, makes things pretty tricky as well. And by the way, you talk about, uh, look, Big Ben, it's interesting because over the back end of his career, we slandered him, and now it's like, ah, Tomlin's missing his quarterback. You know who right now Mike Tomlin would do anything to have back on that field? Not Big Ben. T.J. Watt. One of like the 10 most impactful players in this sport who played like a half a football against Cincinnati and and is the reason they won the game. Like TJ Watt just needed a half a football to beat the Cincinnati Bengals in week number one. And I'm not sure if Minka Fitzpatrick plays in this game either who missed practice yesterday. So that's where things get difficult. A couple of prop looks for you though here. Right now, we have seen opposing quarterbacks are 5-0 and to the over on their passing yards prop against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very vulnerable in that market. Joe Burrow throwing for 338. Last week, Josh Allen going for 424. Wide receiver market for Pittsburgh is interesting. George Pickens is breaking out. Six for 102 against the Jets. Six for 83 against the Buffalo Bills. But don't forget Deontay Johnson, who actually finished with 13 targets last week against Buffalo, which was five more than Pickens. Both of those wide receivers in a game script that you would expect Pittsburgh to be throwing a lot could certainly line up. We move over to Aaron Rodgers versus Zach Wilson. You know, I want to say quickly, I know Rodgers is the story here. He should be the story here, Donnie. Zach Wilson was a number two overall pick. The Jets keep, are winning every game he's playing all of a sudden. And it, it feels like it's a non-story for most people. Like, under normal circumstances, a number two overall pick coming back in 
and helping his team put wins up on the board is a big story. Hey, do the Jets have something here? Am I wrong? Or does it feel like the like Zach Wilson is not really being talked about? The Jets are three and two. Yeah, we need some Zach Wilson moments. And what I mean by that is 375 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm. It seems like that's going to get you going here because the last two games that they won, quite frankly, at Pittsburgh, that should have been a Zach Wilson moment. He didn't play all that well, but when you needed him to make plays in the end, he did use it as a building block. Last week against Miami, that game was a lot closer, we both agree, than 40-17 to 17 overall, You know, around 200 oh, yeah. passing yards here for Zach Wilson. This feels like that's one of those games, Kevin. I'm glad you brought that up, too. Forget about talking about Aaron Rodgers. Toe-to-toe. Zach Wilson goes toe-to-toe in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers and can maybe come down to the last possession, keep them in it, make some of those highlight real plays. I think you're going to get a lot more Zach Wilson talk here. And also, if they come away with a victory now, three straight wins with Zach Wilson back, the vibes are going to be really good up in New York. They will. The vibes will be immaculate, uh, as they like to say. Though, a tough task here going to Lambeau against the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers with Matt LaFleur. They are 10-0 against the spread coming off of a regular season loss together. 10-0 is 10-0, man. That is absolutely very, very difficult to punt on. They have been nearly untouchable, Donnie, at Lambeau Field. Rodgers, for his career, has been virtually untouchable in this building. I, I anticipate a Rodgers bounce back for this offense. What I'm very interested in, and you obviously know this very well as someone who bet the Packers team total last week. They had 20 points at the break, and you got where ended up, you know, waiting at the door, right? Rodgers in this Green Bay offense is better than what they've shown so far because they just love getting a lead and going to sleep. This is a game where the Packers should see their opponent, Donnie, and throw up 42 if they have the opportunity. Get confidence in that room. You know what? Hey, I'm still Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones is a beast. Hey, this wide receiver room isn't what is not as bad as everybody is saying here. This is a spot where if the opportunity is there for Green Bay, enough of this, you know, 11 play, 730, ends with a Mason Crosby 24-yard field goal drives here. They should just run it up if the opportunity is there. Yes, and also, if there's a way to bet this, here's what I like a lot, too. And Aaron Rodgers is a little bit banged up in practice. Keep in mind, last time we saw him trying to throw a Hail Mary against the Giants, it would have been very interesting if that was maybe five minutes ago in the game and he had to come back in. You know, thumb injury, said it's fine. We'll see how that plays out in this game. But maybe an angle to take where you're angry in the locker room. You lost. You went to sleep in the second half on offense. So what do you need to do? Come out strong at home. If we take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, some of these odds in the first half here. Look at the Green Bay Packers minus four and a half. I always like to use this as a betting strategy. For me, like if Green Bay is not covering at the half, they're probably not going to cover for the game. But if they're covering at the half, maybe they go to sleep and don't cover for the whole game. Also, when you talk about getting that offense back in check, their first half team total, Kevin, 13 and a half points. Two first half touchdowns covers that, and you don't have to worry about the second half at all. Not bad. We're taking a look at some cross-conference matchups coming up right here on the early line. You're locked in on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with you here on Sports Grid. And there are some really fun cross-conference matchups. We just talked about a pair of them with Steelers, Bucks, and Jets, Packers. But I want to take a look right now. Four and one New York Giants catching six in their own building against the Baltimore Ravens. Total checking in here at 45 and a half. Here is the dominant storyline for me, Donnie. I'm curious if you put any stock into it at all. The New York Giants current defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, who was with Baltimore for a very long time. I think Lamar is super talented. I think at times comes off as maybe the most underrated quarterback in the National Football League. With that being said, though, I have no desire to trust Lamar against maybe the defensive coordinator that knows him the absolute best in this league. If you, because we know Lamar is a quarterback, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? If you can put him in some uncomfortable spots, you like your chances. But similarly, Daniel Jones has not been a good quarterback to back at home. So I'm not telling you I'm running to the window here on Giants plus six. But just overall, the idea of Lamar versus former defensive coordinator, is that something you put stock into? Yeah, because, and again, most when you're in defensive coordinators, right, Wink Martindale wasn't for years getting ready for Lamar Jackson on a week-to-week basis, right? He wasn't scheming, saying, hey, you know what? I schemed against him 17 times. No, you didn't. You didn't even pay attention to the Ravens' offense. You were worried about on the other teams. But just being around the team in training camp, you know, ones versus ones, as we like to say, you know what he likes to do. You know what passes he's comfortable with. You know his mindset. So is there an outline like, oh, my goodness, I have to bet it because Wink Martindale is the defensive coordinator? Not necessarily, but it's something that doesn't hurt, and certainly it does help here. If we're trying to take a look at the New York Giants, the one thing they've done really well, Kevin, is their secondary is held up extremely well. First game of the season, they gave up 266, which was a season high. The next four games, 129, 215, 155, and 207 to Aaron Rodgers last week. They've done a very good job. The reason I bring this up is the Baltimore Ravens aren't exactly, I'm going to drop back 45 times and use a precision passing game to get after you. But if we take a look at the Giants on the ground, how about every game outside of Tennessee to start with? 3.6 yards per carry they gave up on the ground as a defense. Take a look at these numbers, 6.3, 5.9, and back-to-back 4.7 yards per carry on the ground games here. That's where Baltimore is going to get you in trouble. But having said that, as we'll find out later in the pick six, something about the Giants, which you can't get off of paper, right? You can't just look at the statistics and say, boy, this doesn't make sense here. They should get beat. They're a very well-coached team. They are at home. So who's to say that now? I'm going to say, well, I don't like the Giants and Daniel Jones are going to get blown out. When have they shown you propensity to get blown out and be non-competitive? They're competitive in every environment. And this line actually seems really high as if the public is pushing it here. I don't know. I, I can't go against the Giants from what I'm saying. I want to. Every fiber in my body goes, fade them this week. They get busted 35-7 to 7 in this one. But I can't do it. They haven't shown that. The win in London was 
certainly tremendous. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. But to me, it was almost like that was their kind of house money victory, right? Like if you, like Don, hey, they're going to play the Packers in London and the Ravens at home, right? And here's the upcoming schedule after that. At Jags, at Seahawks, home versus Texans, home versus Lions. Now those are all very, very winnable mm -hmm. football games. You go one and one versus the Packers or the Ravens. Again, folks, the Giants are very, very live to make the postseason here, no matter what you actually think of the team. But because of the the Wink Martindale stuff, I'm looking more towards an under in this game at 45 and a half. I was a bit surprised actually when I saw 45 and a half. I just by the way, the Giants have played 14 of their last 15 home games to the under as well. So I, I just I expected a lower number. I think that's the direction that I'm leaning when I see this game. How about we move it over to Saints Bengals? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, back in the bayou. They are one and a half point road favorites here against New Orleans. The total for this one as well is 43 and a half. The Bengals this year are five and oh, Donnie to the under, but we just watched the New Orleans Saints play a wild game against the Seattle Seahawks that featured both teams scoring 30-plus points. What do you think here, Cincy in New Orleans? You know what? Opening the week, I say to myself, and I look at that total, and I go, are you kidding me? 43 and a half. There are no concerns in the Dome down there. Did you see what Taysom Hill did mm -hmm. last week? And the Cincinnati Bengals, quite frankly, have a very good offense, which includes some dominant wide receivers. And that Saints defense that we used to bank on the past couple of years, a little bit vulnerable. And I said, let me just do a quick bit of research on this game with some of the practice reports. So we take a look at Deontay Hardy, wide receiver for New Orleans. Did not practice. Who cares about that, Donnie? That's just a depth guy. It's no big deal. Oh, well, how about this Jarvis Landry wide receiver did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday let's keep moving it down Chris Olave do you remember him getting drilled on the carpet last week and dropping a touchdown pass which they said actually was a touchdown pass which was kind of interesting he's limited in practice with some concussion issues and oh yeah let's go to Michael Thomas didn't practice either day here and probably won't play again this weekend so if you are a betting man, I guess you take Taysom Hill over whatever his rushing prop is, whatever his attempts are, because the initial reaction to this game when it opened up was like, oh, man, circle this game as a total now turns into who's actually showing up at the wide receiver position for the Saints. And if you don't think it matters, next man up, did you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without their starting wide receivers? They looked abysmal against the Green Bay Packers. This is a tough one for me. And two, I see that Friday practice report. But right now, I don't know if I can touch the Saints, Kevin, because I don't know who's playing for the Saints. Which obviously makes things super, super difficult. You, you mentioned with all the injuries there, the Jamar Chase numbers get very interesting. If, Lamar, if Marshawn Lattimore misses this game, and so does yep. T. Higgins, how are you not involved with Jamar Chase? Uh, it looks like it's going to be in the mid-70s, his receiving yardage prop. Justin Jefferson, 10 for, 40, 10 for 147 against this defense. DK Metcalf last week, 5 for 88 and a score. Wasn't even the leading wide receiver on the team. Tyler Lockett, 5 for 104 and 2. Jamar Chase could be in line for a very, very big game, uh, I think, overall. Also, Cincinnati's team total looks pretty interesting. Now, I know I just said they play a lot of unders. I think the Saints at home, it's a spot you want to be cautious with here. But Joe Burrow in his career has been held to 17 or less points eight times. Last week was the eighth. In the seven games after that, Donnie, Joe Burrow has scored 24 or more in every game 
except for the game against Washington where his season was ended. He averages, even including the Washington game, 27 points per game after scoring 17 or less like he did last week against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a spot where Joe Burrow just typically does not have back-to-back bad games. And call me, you know, call me a sucker, fine. I am buying into him being back down in Louisiana. I think that does matter. I really, really do. I don't think... I heard Alvin Kamara's comments like, LSU's never played in the NFL. Like, at the end of the day, they're going to still be wearing those, you know, black and orange stripes. I gotcha. I don't think this is going to be as dangerous of an environment as perhaps we're typically used to seeing for a team going into New Orleans. Another interesting game here, a really interesting game, in fact, is Miami versus Minnesota. If I would have told you after the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills, hey, they're going to host the Minnesota Vikings next week. What do you think the number is? You probably would have said what? Miami minus four and a half, give or take? Yeah, no man. Now, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, just one, four, five and a half maybe, right? Yep. All yep. of a sudden, things have changed quite a bit, haven't they? Tua's not going to play in this game. I wonder if we're ever going to get a clear timetable on Tua returning to the field. Teddy Bridgewater is going to clear concussion protocol but also not start here for the Miami Dolphins. And now the Vikings are a full field goal favorite in South Beach. <sighs> Lick. Backing Skylar Thompson for a full game, Donnie, maybe is a bit risky here. But considering we watched Josh Allen and the Bills go to Miami and have their struggles with the environment and lose that game, are we really going to line up to lay a field goal with Kirk Cousins in Miami? I, I just The Dolphins are jumping off of the page to me here early, even though we're backing a third-string quarterback. Yeah, something about that plus 146 number on the money line might make a little bit of sense oh. with a mirror image of a team last week. But having said that, we'll get to that in a little bit. I agree with you. 86 and Muggy, dome team from the north coming down to play in South Beach, huffing and puffing by the time he hit the fourth quarter. The one thing I did need to watch out for and make sure is that at least the wide receiver set was healthy. It was a little bit of a question mark with Tyreek Hill, but he's practiced both days. Looks like he's going to give it a go and be fine for Sunday. Same thing with Jalen Waddle and also that running back room that KW might be in involved in here they can hit wow. some home runs back there so if you're looking for a young quarterback to step into the mold maybe this is the game to do it but I I want to take a sidestep here because the whole Miami Dolphins thing is very interesting to me because if you have mm. Teddy Bridgewater in town and he's been a part of your team he knows the offense it seems kind of odd to me because Tua Tagovailoa goes down, right? Teddy Bridgewater is the next guy in line, and rightfully so. He's been a very good backup quarterback throughout his career. If you need somebody to hold down the fort for three to four weeks, and that's your guy. And if Sean Payton's like, man, this guy is a really good quarterback, I'm going to trust that he can make it around the league. The reason I bring this up, he basically throws one pass against the Jets, gets knocked out in concussion protocol, but in that concussion protocol, he doesn't have a concussion. He's going to be cleared. He practiced on Thursday because you're just going through the motions now. Probably going to be cleared by either Friday or Saturday, good enough for that game. But the questions coming out from this coaching staff for the Dolphins was, yeah, well, he's not going to practice a lot, and we're going to give it to – it's not as if, Kevin, if you're going back to Tua Tagovailoa this week and say, hey, Teddy, sit this one out. If something happens with Tua next week, you're going to be back in line. 
I'm missing something in South Beach. Are they not happy with what Teddy Bridgewater provides to them? Are they not seeing the same things that we saw in New Orleans under Sean Payton where he can really step in and win football games? Because quite honestly, you know, Skylar Thompson is a rookie quarterback. You have Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be cleared from protocol. He knows the offense. Why isn't he starting on Sunday? And having said that, Kevin, not only not starting on Sunday, you say, okay, let's give him some time with a concussion. Kevin, he's going to be the backup quarterback. So if Thompson goes mm-hmm. down or is injured in the first quarter, he comes in anyway. So it's not saying you're trying to protect him from himself. Something I'm, yeah. I'm a miss here in South Beach. I think it's all very fair to question. I don't know if this is going to be, have you be like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But my read on the situation is Teddy is not going to be cleared in a way that will allow him to practice all week with the Miami Dolphins. Therefore, if we spend all week having Skylar Thompson run with the ones, then you give the ball to Skylar Thompson. He will be the most prepared for this game with Mike McDaniel. But we we need a backup quarterback, and those guys can get thrown in on the whim like Skylar Thompson was last week. That's my read on it. Is that an indictment on Teddy? Probably, right? It's not as if, like, I called up the Bucks. I'm like, hey, Tom, Tom's going to pr- have zero practices this week but be fully healthy on Sunday. Are you starting him or Blaine Gabbert? And they're like, got to start Blaine. He practiced. Like, I, I totally get your your message at, and your concerns there. But is that at least – is that your read on it? Or do you think that they're just like, no, like something's off with Teddy here? Yeah, there's, there's something a little bit off because, again, like, and again, we're in a new concussion protocol stage, which started like two weeks yeah. ago. But in the past, if you have a veteran starter, you don't even care if he's cleared Sunday at 1259 for a one right. o'clock game and hasn't been around. You start him. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. We're going to sneak in a little college football here on a Friday that's coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. College football is setting up for a major, major week. I cannot encourage you enough to tune into college football today. We start at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on SportsGrid tomorrow morning. It'll be me, it'll be Joe Lisi, and it will be Ben Stevens breaking down a phenomenal, phenomenal slate. I can tell you right now, Donnie, it wasn't an easy decision to land on the game of the week as there are a lot of phenomenal options, but Alabama-Tennessee gets the call because for the first time, we're entering a game with Alabama underneath double digits. In fact, we were sitting at a seven. If we get news that Bryce Young misses this game, which is news we are still waiting on, certainly, this might close under a touchdown here for Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. 
How about that, too? And how about good, some good weather, too? 75 degrees, no rain in the forecast, light windy conditions, or excuse me, light conditions, no real wind here. It's amazing to see, Kevin, because still even, you know, growing up with the SEC in the 90s, more of a, man, if they could ever find a quarterback in the SEC, that'd be a pretty good conference. It seems like everybody's found quarterbacks in wide-open offenses where you see that 66-and-a-half is a total for this football game, which is wild to think about. And you're right. I would love to see if Bryce Young comes back. And keep in mind, Bryce Young coming back, he is a minus 115 price for an anytime touchdown in the football game. I'm sure Saban would love him to come back, but I also will see once the confirmation comes out, yes or no, where does this line end up? I would, I almost wonder if it's like kind of the hook, right? Bryce is back mm-hmm. seven and a half, Bryce is out six and a half, maybe, and we'll just kind of mm-hmm. sit at the seven until everything is confirmed. Tennessee right now has the second highest scoring offense in college football. They have the most yards per game of any team in the sport as well. We know that this team is going to put up points, which is why Bryce Young being there matters so much. I know that this Alabama defense is fantastic. It is no doubt, regardless of who Tennessee has played so far, the best defense that they would have seen this season. But if that team gets to 31, is Milrow going to be capable of of matching that kind of a number. Huge questions this week, and again, a huge slate. Make sure you're tuned in to college football today. We are live tomorrow morning, but we're live right now on the early line, talking game of the week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.